This episode of I Want to Like You is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And also buy Organifi, green juice delivered straight to your door. Go to OrganifiShop.com slash like and enter coupon code like to get 20% off. Organifi ends with an I, shop.com. Hello and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. I'm the editor of Real Simple. And with me today is Elaine Rose Glickman. Hi, Elaine. Hi, Kristen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for being here. So <laughs> so for those of you don't, who don't know, Elaine is a mother of three. She's a former teacher. She writes a parenting advice column for Sarasota Mommy magazine. And she has a new book coming out in May called Your Kid's a Brat and It's All Your Fault, which leads us right into our topic for today, which is parents who don't manage their kids in public. You know, the I Want to Like You podcast tends to focus on one particular, each week we focus on one particular annoying personality. But maybe for the first time in the year that I've been doing this podcast, we have two people involved in this irritating scenario because you have the irritating kid and the irritating parent who's doing nothing about it. So, Elaine, I want to talk. So I also am a mother of three, as you are. And... Well, first, I want to tell you a little bit about who I think about when I think about this podcast topic. I have a friend whose children are roughly the age of my children. And when we used to go out to eat with them when our kids were all younger, her kids basically followed very few kind of societal, polite, I guess, polite society norms in terms of how you act in a restaurant or kind of in any public place. Suffice it to say, they were sort of like wild animals and, and you know, running around, throwing stuff on the floor, disrupting other diners, leaving the restaurant, coming back, like crazy, crazy town. And I was always a little bit embarrassed eating with this family, but never felt like I could say anything. But I'll never forget, to my dying day, I probably will never forget the feeling of mortification I had when I, was, when I would go out to eat with these people. Do you have you ever had people like this in your life or in the life of your kids? Definitely in my life with my adult friends with kids just as it sounds like your situation was and also children that my children um, would bring home from school that they would want to take out to restaurants, they would want to have them join us for lunch and it is very very difficult my a son was enchanted with a little boy in early elementary school who when he finished his meal he would take his mashed potatoes and he would literally start rubbing them on the wall. He'd be decorating the wall of the restaurant oh. with the mashed potatoes. And if it were my child doing that, oh, he better not be doing that. I could stop it. But if you're sitting there next to the mother of a child who's wiping mashed potatoes on the wall, it's very, very difficult. And sometimes you just can't do anything. And it's awful. You're sitting there and you're just hoping the other diners realize it's not your child, that mm -hmm. your child is the one who's sitting there behaving reasonably well. And you just are biting your tongue because you feel like you can't say anything. It would just destroy the friendship. And I think that's true. Sometimes you just can't say anything. We have had 
good friends who we really just didn't socialize with for a couple of years outside the house because our kids were so difficult. And it was an effort for us to maintain the friendship. Mm -hmm. But we did so because we really, we really like the kids now and we really love the parents all throughout. I will say though that sometimes it is possible to say something. You may not want to say, wow, your kid is really being a catastrophe in this restaurant. But if you're close enough with a person, sometimes you can say gently to them, it looks like Sophie's all finished eating. I wouldn't mind getting some fresh air myself. Do you mind if I take her outside for a few minutes and we look at the sky, we look for Mm -hmm. clouds in interesting shapes or something like that. If you do that in sort of a gentle way, sometimes it gives people the sense, huh, Maybe my child should be taken out of this restaurant, but you're doing it in a way that's positive and that's helpful and that doesn't shame them or embarrass them. Okay. So I'm sitting here in our studio with Kristen Meinzer, who is our producer, and we're shaking our heads at each other. I got <laughs> to give you the visual. Like, I would never say that because to me, that's so... Okay. Like, let's go to the mashed potato kid. Let's say his name is Jake, right? So you say to Jake's his mom... Dylan, just in honesty, but okay. definitely call him Jake. So you say to Dylan's mom, you know... I actually want to go get some fresh air. Do you mind if I take Jake outside with me? Like, I mean, that's not how you said it just now. But, like, I, if I were Dylan's mom, I would so know what you were up to. And, well, I don't know, actually. Sorry. Even though Kristen and I were shaking our heads at each other. Is Dylan's mom in that scenario grateful to – I guess it depends on Dylan's mom. Is she grateful to you? Like, oh, thank God someone is stepping in because for whatever reason I as a parent am not doing it. Or is she mad? Like, hands off my kid, lady. You know, that's like, why how- you have to. That's why you have to know the person. If it were the first time you're having lunch with these people, with these people, if it's very early in the friendship, absolutely not. And Dylan's mom and I got to be pretty good friends, and I never said anything to her like maybe I could take Dylan out. So I definitely would not say to do this always. But I will say that you will have some friends who realize that their children are behaving atrociously and who realize that your children are behaving quite well. And if you're close enough with them, they may even ask you for advice or they may be very receptive to you saying something gentle to them, like, would you like me to take Dylan outside for a little while? I'm not saying you should do it every time. And there are definitely some people with whom you absolutely can't do it. Mm -hmm. But I think the feeling that I can never say anything to anyone else about their children, I think that's that's just wrong. I could say it. I have two sisters. If it were mm-hmm. one of my sisters, I could say, you, you know, because, like, A, my sister, like, can't get out of the relationship with me. <laughs> B, <laughs> she knows that there's this bedrock love I have for her and her kid, and I'm really on her side, you know? But if you say that to another mom who you're not related to and who's a friend but maybe not, like, your best friend— do you say it knowing that you risk putting a little dent in the relationship? I wouldn't say it unless it were yeah. a mom that I was really close to. I really wouldn't because you do. You risk a great deal. You risk offending them. You risk upsetting them. You risk spoiling the friendship for yourself and for your child. Mm-hmm. So I think there are very few cases when you can do it. But I think there are some friends with whom you could do it. My best friend, who's sort of like a sister to me, we used to go out – for breakfast together. Our older children are in preschool. We would take our younger children out to breakfast. And her son, I adore him, always have. I would cheerfully lay down my life for him at any time. But when he was two or three, he was not five-star behavior. Mm -hmm. And my 
the daughter was not always five star, but she, mm-hmm. she was pretty good. She was like, you know, four, four and a half stars. And we just got to a point almost without even talking about it where I would sort of take over disciplining her child. Mm-hmm. I would tell him, you need to sit in your booster seat. You need to do this. I'm going to take them out for a little while. And she was fine with it. She was very, very happy with it. And it just worked in our relationship. And she told me later one time, she took him out to breakfast. I wasn't there for some reason. And he started running amok. And she just looked at me. She said, how would you behave if Mrs. Glickman were here? And he climbed in his booster seat and he picked up his fork and he was delightful. So I have many, many, many friends and I have one friend that I've done that with and it worked beautifully, but I would not recommend doing it willy nilly with all of your acquaintances or anything like that. I would just say though, not to, not to completely give up on the idea Mm -hmm. that other parents who are your friends may not react only with hostility and hatred if you, in a gentle way, offer to lighten their load a little Mm -hmm. bit. Okay. We're going to take a little break and then I want to hear more about, about how you approach these other parents. As the editor of Real Simple, I spend a lot of time thinking about beauty, usability, and ease. Those are three things that you get if you build a website with Squarespace. Try to build a website with Squarespace and you can basically do it with a very low skill level, which is perfect for me. You don't need to know how to code, perfect for me. And what you get is a site that looks professionally designed with intuitive and easy to use tools. So to start your free trial site today, you go to squarespace.com and when you sign up, make sure to use the offer code real simple to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Elaine Rose Glickman, question for you. When you think about the mom you just described who was grateful for your help in getting her son to get back in his high chair or booster seat and, you know, behave the way he wanted Mrs. Glickman to see him behave, what, you know, and I realize you're not a psychologist, so so just, like, put your, like, lay psychologist hat on here. Okay, it's on. Okay, when you think about moms like that mom, why wasn't she doing it? Why wasn't she getting her kid to sit in his booster seat or his high chair? Does she want not want to be the bad cop? Does she – is it laziness? Is it lack of confidence in, in her parenting skills? Like why wasn't she stepping up to get him to behave? I think with parents it can be any or all of the above. I think many parents see their children as the center of the universe. So I may see – you may see a child running amok in a restaurant – They see a child who has confidence and who is expressing themselves. You see a kid screaming in the checkout aisle. Mm -hmm. They see a child with a strong will who's not going to let anyone push them around, who's going to go after what they want. And sometimes I think that it's important to be able to step back and to see our children not from our perspective where they're the center of the universe, but from a more objective perspective. And if you look at children in that way, it's easier to see when they're behaving in ways that are bratty, in ways that are unacceptable. But I think a lot of parents aren't able or aren't willing to do that. And I think sometimes parents are afraid of their kids. You're right. It is kind of a lack of confidence in parenting or in their own authority Mm -hmm. because they feel like every outing with their child, every minute with their child is supposed to be all about building their bond, about building the child's self-esteem, about making every moment with their child rainbows and sunshine Mm -hmm. and locally sourced organic produce. (laughs) And 
when your child That's a bumper is... sticker right there. <laughs> I know. That would be a bumper sticker. When, so when your child is at a restaurant standing up in the high chair, bragging about wanting lemonade, mm-hmm. or when they're at the grocery store and they want to get out of the cart and go run around and touch all the grapes with their maybe not particularly clean little hands, mm-hmm. and you make them stop, that is going to make them unhappy in mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. And that is going to turn their fun into less than fun. And I think that for a number of reasons, a number of bad reasons, that scares parents. That makes parents feel that that's something that they shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. So we let our kids behave badly for fear of upsetting them. But we have to remember that the main goal of parenting should be to parent. You want to have mm-hmm. fun with and enjoy your kids, but mostly we want to guide them into becoming good and upright, responsible people. Mm-hmm. And when we let our kids act bratty in public, it's totally incompatible with that goal. Well, there was something that reminds me. I was reading uh, one of the editors at Real Simple gave me a list of quotes that we might include in the magazine in the next couple of months. Um, and there's a quote from Shonda Rhimes' new book where she says, I'm not something I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to get this exactly right. But it's something like, I'm not raising my children to be my friends. I'm raising them to be, you know, valuable participants in our society who, you know, who are great people or something like that. Like, it's that. It's what you just said. You know, you're, she's not trying to be friends. She's trying to be a good parent. Which is which fantastic. is not always compatible I, with being I'm a friend. Buy her book. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> so what about other kids and your kid? I'm thinking about there was a there was a boy in my youngest son's class uh, for a couple of years who was really really out of control in a lot of ways. Like acted out in public, acted out in the classroom, but also kind of like a little mean and and sometimes kind of a bully. Like he was a little he was a little, I'm not going to use the word, but he wasn't great. Anyway, so the mom once said to me, I love it when our sons have playdates because your son is such a good influence on my son. And I thought, you know what, sweetheart, like that's not his job. Right. You know, like I'm really glad for you. But P.S., your son is a terrible influence on my son. Like I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. So what do you do, like going back to your mashed potatoes smeared on the wall example, if you're at that restaurant with Dylan smearing the mashed potatoes and then your kid thinks, oh, that looks like fun, and they start doing it, like how do you handle other people's kids when they inspire your own, you know, obviously perfect children to start misbehaving? How do you handle that? It's a really good question. And it's a hard one because smearing mashed potatoes on the wall is probably a lot more fun than sitting nicely in your chair. And totally. Even as an adult. I, mean, I would like to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It sounds like a, a good way to spend the afternoon. And it can be really difficult. Um, that's happened to my kids. And I just look at them and tell them as discreetly as possible, stop it. You need yeah. to stop it. And then later on, in the car, at home, we can process it. And kids understand much more than we give them credit for. On mm-hmm. one level, yeah, they wish that they could smear the mashed potatoes on the wall too. But on another level, they recognize that what Dylan is doing is not right. It's right. not what they're being taught at home. It's not what they're being taught at preschool. It's not how people around them 
whom they look up to, whom they respect, who are raising them, that that's not the way they behave. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about different rules for different families, about when we go to restaurants with Dylan, you'll see that Dylan is going to behave in ways that we don't want you to behave. Mm -hmm. And different families have different rules, and these are our rules. And kids can understand that a lot more, I think, than we give them credit for. And as much as you can to make things positive, because you don't want your child to disrespect your rules and you want your child to to feel good about about the limits that you set but you can also remind them in certain ways that behaving well has its privileges mm -hmm. you can say something if you're taking your child to the movies you're taking your child someplace that they really want to go I can take you to these places because you know how to behave properly mm -hmm. and make it clear to them that behaving well it leads to other rewards. Maybe not as fun as smearing mashed potatoes on the wall, but it leads to having privileges and having outings that maybe other kids aren't going to be able to have. So put a carrot on the end of that stick, basically. Of course. Yeah. And it's really all about carrots and sticks, I think, because mm -hmm. a child who is disciplined properly and isn't allowed to act like a brat in public, then in some ways, I suppose that's a stick because you're not allowed to run amok and do whatever they want to do. But that child is also learning self-control. That mm -hmm. child is also learning how to conduct themselves properly. That child is also learning that there are certain boundaries and certain limits of acceptable behavior. And those are great lessons. Mm -hmm. A child who's allowed to run amok in a restaurant two years from now isn't going to have the skills necessary to participate in other activities that they might really like, or their mm -hmm. parent is going to be so exhausted at the thought of taking them out to a restaurant that they're just going to leave them at home. Mm. And in the long run, that's that's really sad. That's not good for the parent, and it's certainly not good for the child. Well, and I think I think also sometimes what happens with that kid is they they have kids who other kids who don't want to play with them. Of course. You know, and then that starts to affect their friendships. Okay, we're going to take a break, and then I've got one more question for you. Great. As the mother of boys, particularly a teenage boy, I have a really hard time sometimes getting kids to eat their vegetables. I know I could juice for them, and I've tried that, but frankly, the cleaning up of the juicer thing is a real barrier to entry for me. But now I know I can go to Organifi, I can get healthy green juice, it will be delivered straight to my door. I don't have to clean the juicer, which is a gigantic gift. And the juice is organic, it's vegan, it's gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and not to mention, really, really good for my kids. So, go to OrganifiShop.com slash like, enter coupon code like, and you get 20% off your order. That's OrganifiShop.com, and Organifi ends with an I, Shop.com. Okay, so Elaine Rose Glickman, we're almost out of time, but question for you. So turning, you know, pivoting a little bit, you're on an airplane, and this is like so super specific, but I think it can be, you can expand this to other kinds of scenarios, because this is about strangers and their kids. You're on the airplane, the kid behind you keeps kicking your seat. That's happened to me. Right. It's happened to everybody. Right? So something like that. Like X kid in X public place who you don't know is doing X to you. and But you don't know the kid. You don't know the parent. It's clear to you that the kid doesn't have a, de a developmental or that, that you can tell any kind of developmental issue where you feel like, okay, you know what, I'm going to. I'm going to just keep my mouth shut on this one. But, right. you know, like what, what do you do? What do you do if the kid, you're on a three-hour flight, 
you're half an hour in and the kid starts kicking the back of your seat. (laughs) (laughs) I think you grin and bear it for a little bit. And if it doesn't get better, you can turn around and depending on the age of the child Mm -hmm. or the parent, I think you can say to the child, I said to the child, you may not realize it, but you're kicking the back of my seat and it's disturbing me. Could you please stop? Mm -hmm. And, And then how does that go over with the kid's parents? It depends. Usually it goes over fine with a kid. Usually kids didn't even realize they were doing it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'll sit, Indians, they'll sit crisscross applesauce or they'll find something else to do. And it works out fine. Sometimes parents are fine with it and sometimes they get upset. But if you're sitting on an airplane and your choice is attempting to get the child behind you to stop kicking your seat mm-hmm. or just sitting there and being miserable for three hours, I think turning around and trying politely to deal with it is not really the worst idea in the world. Okay, so you're so good because I, w- I probably would not be brave enough to do that. I would passive-aggressively, like, look over my shoulder at the parent, like, are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> and then I probably, oh, I don't know. Maybe, you know what, maybe you will inspire me, Elaine. Like, I, <laughs> I think that I would not be mature enough to do what you just described, or I'd be too conflict-averse or something, and instead I'd sit in my seat, and I would have that kid kick my seat, and I'd probably, like, seethe for the rest of the flight and do nothing about it because I'm just immature or scared or whatever my problem is. I don't is. think you're immature or scared, but I think that that's a response that a lot of people have. But I think we do a lot of quiet seething mm-hmm. when just giving people the benefit of the doubt and and trying to engage them. Sometimes it does a lot of good, right? The mom or dad may react, why are you speaking that way to my kid? You're a terrible person. Then you have a mm-hmm. terrible conflict and that's that's really not good. But why not try in a polite, in a compassionate, in a friendly way to see if you can make the problem better? And sometimes sometimes you can. Mm-hmm. And it, it does build confidence in yourself. And I think it's I think it's worth a try. So next time it happens, give it a try and let me know how it goes. Okay, well, on that note, I've got my homework. All right, Elaine Rose Glickman, who is the author of The Forthcoming, Your Kid's a Brat, and It's All Your Fault. Okay, I, I want the sequel to be Your Kid is Kicking the Back of My Seat, and I'm going to do something about <laughs> it. Right away. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week's episode of I Want to Like You. Thank you so much, Elaine, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Our producer is Kristen Meinzer. Our engineer is Tim Einenkel. And Caitlin Peary helps me put together this podcast on The Real Simple staff. Please let us know what you think of the show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or you can tweet ideas for this podcast directly to me at KVanOgtrop. For more on irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com. And of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. For Elaine Rose Glickman, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us. 